Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back. We had a week off. Did you? Last week, yeah. Did you? Yeah, you you weren't here. I was not here. I was here. You were. And the podcast Thank just you. were not quite as consistent. Yeah. Now, next week, you are going to be here. And you're not going to be I'm here. And I'm not going to be here. So we won't have a podcast Christmas. between Christmas and New Year's. Merry Christmas to you. But mm. because I had the week off, I had some extra time to work on my jokes. Uh, Actually, I didn't. But I did hear this. I heard this in uh, nursing home. So... Oh boy. That joke that you pulled on me a week or so ago. Which one? I saw it with those guys, those coffee cup guys, the, oh, the astronaut. Yeah, Is that yeah. where you saw it? Probably. Doc Talk. What, what yeah, joke did I tell yeah, you? Uh, the one about the um, mistletoe. Oh. <laughs> um, the astronaut. Yeah, if athletes the, get athletes. athletes foot, what do astronauts get? Mistletoe. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the Instagram uh, feed and all of a sudden those mm-hmm. guys are on. With the cups, mm-hmm. and they told that joke, and I looked up, and I went, hey, that was Jonathan's joke. Yeah, no, it was not my joke. <clears throat> that was their joke. Yeah, they're funny. Heaven forbid anyone thinks that I come up with an original joke. Yeah. No, I not one, not one. But this is one from a guy at the nursing home. Okay. He actually was, who said this? Oh, Rich. He said, that guy reminded me of Nate Eisenhower, because just out of the blue, he's telling jokes. What do you call a cat? It's walking across the desert. This is such a fitting joke, by the way. So this is your only hint. Yeah, the because is in the dry land. Yeah, we're talking about the desert in Isaiah. 3, Isaiah. 5, 1. And the answer is seasonally very fitting too. With Christmas coming. What do you call a cat walking through the wilderness? Sandy paws. Ah, oh, I get it. There you go. Just God's sovereignty brought me across that guy's path. Yes. When we were going to be covering, when we covered Isaiah 35 in the morning, and it was just sometimes God just swinks at us. So you're going to to blame God. I'm going to give God the credit. Mm -hmm. I don't know how he's going to handle that. Yeah. So here we go. All right. So we were in Isaiah 35. Yes. uh, In this Advent series with the word joy. Number three. Yeah, joy. Um, so a few questions uh, to kind of talk about here, uh, mostly related. Um, but can we talk just for a minute about what makes our current condition? I didn't bring my, mm-hmm. I made a mistake. I didn't That's bring okay. my outline up. But yeah, we kind current, of talked about. Current condition, future joy, and then current mission, I think was sort of the yes. three. Because it was sandwiched in the, I sandwiched the uh, joy in the middle of that. Yeah, right. Verses three and four kind of talk about how that's the our mission. That's the mission. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. the very first, yeah. I'll just read it for yeah. us because this was the first point. Yeah. Our current condition, out of verse one, mm-hmm. the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, mm-hmm. the desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. Mm-hmm. So, just the mention of wilderness, dry land, and desert there—that's mm-hmm. that's our current condition. And so, the question then is. Uh, what are the factors in life that make things so bleak? And I have a follow-up question mm-hmm. to that. So, like, is what are those things that make it feel like to us, like, you know, this is a dry spell, or we're going through, we're in a desert place right now, and it's it's not easy. 
Yeah. So I think the first one is the temporary, the temporariness of what we have down here is one of these, um, it's one of the things that, that makes things desert-like. So you just think about, you know, the spell that you have, um, you know, who did I just talk to? I just talked to somebody just recently and they said, you know, we've got a good stretch going, you know, there's no sickness, there's no this, there's no mm-hmm. that. And, you know, the whole point of that conversation was we've got this window of time right now that things are really, really good, mm-hmm. but that doesn't last very long. Yeah. And you just think about families, just these cycles of families where, you know, Really, I think all of us think the best of times is when, you know, everybody, the, the whole family exists. You've got grandparents, you've got parents, you've got children, and the family's together a lot. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, sadly, people start to die. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think one of the things that we have to deal with is just how temporary things are. And we don't have bliss that lasts for very long. Let's just, just put it like that. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Um, and tell me if I'm off, off track here, but I think, I think the desert, you know, this, the wilderness and the dry land stuff, it is, it is the result of course, of being in a world that's cursed. So, you know, it's not the promised land yet. You know, let's go back to this text and if, if it's true, and I think it's probably our best read is that Israel is now coming out of exile when it's hearing this, they're coming out of exile And they're headed back to the promised land. They're allowed back in, but they're in the desert right now. So they're not there yet. So you have in our existence just this, the fact that the curse is just everywhere around us. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, how many times do we come up against this? Um, Where, you know, whether it's, you know, emotional, just emotional stress. I mean, I, I still just keep reading about how bad it, things are emotionally for people since COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you got all kinds of emotional things going on. Um, society in general is just in rough shape. I mean, you, we could go on and on and on about that. So I just think this curse that affects every aspect of life causes us to be in this this desert-like thing. And then, you know, just just really practically speaking, I mean, just think about all the disappointments that we face. Mm-hmm. I mean, just plain, man, that's just disappointing. I mean, you know, it's, it's maybe not life-threatening, but there's a lot of disappointment in this world. So mm-hmm. all of that is, this is not the place where we flourish like we're going to mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. I mean, yeah. And you and I, for instance, we got it pretty good. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just think about our families and... Mm-hmm just this, the solid state of our families and, and our faith family. And we're really fortunate. Right. You know? Yeah. And it doesn't mean we don't have heartache. No. But yeah. So the temporariness of it. I think that's a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. Things are, it, you know, yeah, it can, it can come and go. And at, for sometimes for no apparent reason, not even a decision you, you made or no. there was no. <clears throat> it's out of your control. Yeah. Out of your control. It's a good way to put it. So the temporariness of it, just the. Uh, what was the second thing you said? Just uh, just the, the the places where the curse just shows up in people's lives. I mean, we're not healthy emotionally. We're not healthy physically. We're not healthy socially. We're not healthy nationally. Politically, we're not healthy. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I scan the papers a lot just to catch up on what's this world like. Mm-hmm. It's tough. I mean, yeah. let's face it. 
Yeah, no, and, and sin's definitely a part of it. So you, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned uh, the promised land. And so that that imagery and even just the, the metaphor of promised land living in the Old Testament, even when they're in it, they're, they experience the kind of the effects of the fall because they, they don't really put themselves under God's rule. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they lose it. And that's where, yeah. that's where we are in Isaiah, right? Just before the exile, at least for Judah, um, anyway. Yeah. And it's coming, isn't That's what yeah. starts to happen next in Isaiah mm-hmm. 36, if I remember. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you're in there in this transition phase, even as a nation, mm-hmm. where they have their, um, you know, their national freedom, you might say. They're their own country, but it's in transition. Mm-hmm. It's it's slowly fading away on a big picture level. Yeah, and, and, and of course with Isaiah, you know, they're facing what God promised them that they would face, and that is if they don't obey, they'll they'll suffer the curses of the other nations. If mm-hmm. they do obey, they'll be blessed. Mm-hmm. Well, we know how the story goes for them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so uh, I'd like to kind of transition into our next uh, question, but a couple other th- answers that I think get us there. Um, I was thinking from a, a macro, big picture mm-hmm. level. You know, you you look out uh, across the globe and you see tragedy. Uh, you see, uh, you know, whether that's a a storm or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go so ahead. I'm gonna I'll jump in quickly. Please. So just today. Mm-hmm. So this morning I'm thinking. All right. So in China, <clears throat> over a hundred people have died. Um, what? I didn't catch I it. think it was an earthquake, if I remember oh, correctly. Okay. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that was an earthquake in China, sub-zero temperatures. Mm-hmm. They've lost over 100 people wow. in that, okay? And then, get this now, of course, they've found, and this was big news this week, they've found, they found these huge tunnels that Hamas has been building hmm. in that Palestinian region in Israel, mm-hmm. around Israel. So Hamas has been building these tunnels for years and years and years and years, prepping for war. Hmm. And I and I said to Michelle across from the table this morning, I said, "Can you believe this? Look at the long, look at the long range planning mm-hmm. to prepare for war." Mm-hmm. So, in your list that you're giving, you know, when you look at the world, yeah, you know, you've got the environment. Here's China losing people because of this earthquake, mm-hmm. and then look at what this war is doing in that yeah. part of the world. Loss of life, right? Tragic so, loss yeah, of life so there. Keep going, yeah. Um, in Probably both of those worlds, you got people starving. Oh uh, I can't imagine drought and and whatnot. So on a big picture scale, someone looks out, you turn on the news, and you see and hear about terrible things happening mm-hmm. across the globe. In Gaza, for and instance, they are they're starving. Yeah, they're experiencing it, and mm-hmm. your heart aches for them. Yeah, and if you're empathetic at all, you feel the wilderness. Right, you feel it, you know, because of what you see. Yeah, uh, and then in a, at a micro level, mm-hmm. in our own lives, there's injustice. Maybe you're not treated fairly at work. Um, there's sickness that hits each of us in yeah. our own lives. Fears, um, you know, yeah. bullying, what whatever yeah. it is. Like yeah. we, then we feel it personally. Yeah. Just this morning, I I was talking to a guy about a business deal that went sour, and he he was like. You just can't trust anybody, he said. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought, yeah, that's the injustice that that hits you personally. Yeah, yeah, and and so here we are, in the wilderness phase of 
you know, human history. We're in the wilderness right now. Um, and you said, so here's, this is getting to our next question. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you said that the younger generation struggles to make sense of God due to all of the pain and suffering in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's fair. They look out and they say, how could yep. a good God exist yeah. with so with much evil happening mm-hmm. or good things happening or bad things happening to good people? Um, and uh, and then you said that an answer to that question is just to point out that the present world was not God's intention. Mm-hmm. Tracking where you were? Yeah. Um, so how do you rectify that with... If, if someone says to me, man, Jonathan, I don't know, like... How could God exist? Mm-hmm. You, see, you see what's happening mm-hmm. out there? Mm-hmm. Like, how could your God be sovereign over all of these things? Yeah. Uh, and so how does my answer of, well, that's not the way God intended it to be. How does that line up with God's control, mm-hmm. what we believe about predestination? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if the fall wasn't a part of his plan, then mm-hmm. why is predestination a part of his plan? Yeah. And yeah, and I, I hear it. Yeah, sense? it does. And I think, you know... What you have to do, though, is you have to, when you say it's not a part of his plan, it was a part of his plan. When I say it's not what he wanted, God did not want the world to have to suffer like this. That's just like any parent doesn't want their child to suffer in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So, but as far as his sovereign control over history, then you have, you know, you have God from the very beginning knowing that a Savior is going to come and save this world, knowing that he will redeem out of this world, you know, a set of people, knowing that history is going to end with the recreation of all things. So, I mean, it's such a tough question. But I think, though, um, you know, for a Christian beyond Sunday, Mm -hmm. Advent focused on joy means that we have a future coming that is going to be only celebration. And that's really, that's, that's the great news. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, for the younger generation in particular to struggle with all of the suffering that's happening in the world, and I just can't reconcile a God with this, I think they, they, need to, they need to just stop and consider the fact that he is controlling, that he's controlling the healing process. If they forget that, then I can see the, the you know, the struggle. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, there can't be a God because there's so many bad things happening. No, no. Why can't you say, I'm reading the story, you know, and, and even if we used Isaiah, which is kind of fitting, actually, Isaiah, you know, it's, um, isn't Isaiah 66 chapters long? So you mm-hmm. take Isaiah as sort of a micro Bible and... Um, even if you read Isaiah, you realize that God is going to save this world. So you may not be able to understand how he's handling all the evil in it, but you do know the end of the story he's going to. Mm-hmm. And that's where our joy is going to come from is when he returns to make all things new and complete deliverance along with complete destruction, of course, of his enemies. So I, 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 I mean, I'm not trying to fudge on the answer. I don't have a great answer for how do you understand the sovereignty of God mm-hmm. with, the, you know, with evil. And I mean, that question has been around for so long. It's just that this generation in particular sees suffering in the world, like what's going on in Gaza, and says there can't be a God if this is what's happening. Well, why not just say this is, this is how bad the human race is? Mm-hmm. I mean, 
do we, do we have to leave God out of this equation, or can we say, no, 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 God has told us that the human race has fallen because they rebelled against him, and this is what you get. Yeah. But he hasn't left it alone. But I don't yeah. have a great answer for, you know, the, the reconciling of the sovereignty with... Right. No, I really think... hard. Yeah, I mean, there, that's a theological debate since... Forever. Yeah, the beginning of time almost, right? So... Um, I don't think we're going to resolve that and make it crystal clear. And I think that's a healthy way to respond to a question, to recognize that there's some kind of attention there and that I've got a limited capacity to understand it. But what I do understand is a couple of things. One, that sin is a part of this world, right? And that's yeah. not God's yeah. desired will. No, right? he, he permitted it to happen. Yes, but he, aware of it, yeah. had a plan. Yeah, from that, the beginning. Right, and that included his son, yeah. which we get introduced to in Genesis yeah. 3. Um, and when I think about God's will, right, I often go back to the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus teaches us to pray for God's will to happen on earth as it does in heaven, mm -hmm. which means that God's will does happen in heaven, mm -hmm. but not always on earth. Things mm -hmm. happen that aren't outside of his control, yeah. but not according to what he would desire to yeah. happen, right? And so, yeah. so there is rebellion. Yeah. We see the effects of the rebellion, just yeah. humanity in general. And then for us beyond Sunday, mm -hmm. to not really feel like we've got to put ourselves in God's place and understand all of these things, mm -hmm. but to submit ourselves to just his word and mm -hmm. be okay with some kind of like lack of 100% clarity move forward, but move forward with the understanding that from Genesis 3 on, God was pointing to a Savior, mm -hmm. right? And so right before we got started, you saw me turning to Matthew, yeah, Mark, Mark. Yeah, Mark chapter 1. Yeah. So I, as I was thinking about the sermon and the wilderness, mm -hmm. um, I was thinking of how Mark begins his gospel pointing to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just read these yeah. verses. Yeah. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So here's John, right? Jesus' predecessor, who's in the wilderness, right? And he's and and that's our role too in the wilderness in a lot of ways, to be, you know, doing God's will and making his way. And um and doing what he calls us to do in verses three and four there, um, to make the, um, I don't have it memorized, make the, okay. the, the weak knees strong, uh, the feeble, yeah. right? And the hands. Yeah. yeah. Strengthen those hands. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees yeah. um, with the message that yep. God is coming back. And so on, I don't know, I, I love this time of year because it always reminds me to look forward to Jesus' second advent. Mm -hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Maranatha, you know, come yeah. Lord Jesus. Yeah, and when I, you know, when you and I are trying to make sense of Advent as far as what it looks like in the worship services, mm -hmm. you know, when I saw this Isaiah 35 and it's got the arrival of God in it, <clears throat> I thought, yeah, this is a good way to get our joy, our focus on joy. Let, let me just say another thing, and I really appreciate those minutes you just shared because that was a great summary of, I think, what, what we have to do as Christians uh, we have to, we have to, we have to believe this story. And you just sort of went through the story. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I think we do to keep our joy uh, in focus is when we're reading the scriptures, God 
God himself addresses the evil and the struggles. And I mean, he's constantly, he's been doing this forever. So for people to say, I can't believe in him because of all the evils in the world, one of the benefits of us reading the Bible together Mm -hmm. from start to finish through the years is that we are constantly seeing God deal with the evil. And the suffering. Mm-hmm. And as and I don't remember whether it was C.S. Lewis or one of these other uh, authors that was quoted by one of the scholars that I'm reading for this series. God participates in the suffering, mm. which other gods don't do that. Yeah. So again, you know, when you're trying to make sense of where does your joy come from in a in a terribly broken world, well. It's because our God has participated in the suffering himself. Mm -hmm. So when he gives his son to die on the cross for us, talk about injustice and suffering. And if you Mm -hmm. say, well, God can't be a part of that, God was the one who said, I will give of myself so that you can have new life Mm -hmm. one day. And that's there's Mm -hmm. a lot of joy in that. Oh, yeah. Because that's our ultimate, and I'll, I'll link it again like I did over and over again on Sunday. I couldn't help it. It was like... That's our ultimate hope. Mm -hmm. Romans 8. Yeah. We have redemption coming that's going to be complete, and that's because of God, you know? Sure. So he has been dealing with the suffering from the beginning of the rebellion. Yeah. And that that makes me think of, that's a great way to answer that question too. How could God, you know, allow this to happen? You know, can that God exist? And um, part of that answer would say, I, I might offer would be, I'm not sure exactly why all of these things are happening, why God allows it to happen, but I do know that I'm following a God who went through it too, and he gave of himself yeah. to bring us out of it. And to be able to to beat it. Yeah, to right. To be able to beat it, mm-hmm. to beat suffering, to beat death, to beat sin, mm-hmm. only he could do it. Yep. We couldn't. We were helpless, and that was one of my, I forget whether it was Oswald or one of the commentators in Isaiah. It's been so long since I've been in Isaiah, and I thought... You know, he was right. We're helpless, he said, in this desert. We're helpless here. We Mm -hmm. can't fix this problem, even though I keep saying, you know, the best and brightest minds are working day and night to solve the curse. They are, but God alone can can do it. And that's where, again, that's where our joy comes from in the midst of all of this. You know, I'm I'm reading the papers, reading the papers, and, you know, I'm thinking, no, one day, one day. Michelle said this, too, uh, not that long ago. She said, this is not our home. You know, mm-hmm. my mom said it uh, to me the other day. You know, this is this is not our home. It's not, but one nope. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good news. So thinking about our lives beyond Sunday, just a quick recap. I mean, where, wherever we find ourselves in this Christmas season, <clears throat> and you reminded us again on Sunday that this time of year is so fun, but there's always a mixture of yeah. sorrow and, you know, uh, and whatever else gets mixed in there with it because of, the desert wilderness life that we're in. Um, don't lose sight of the joy that's coming, the everlasting joy that's coming yeah. uh, because of what Christ has done and will do. And don't lose hope. Yeah. And let me just say uh, a couple other things. So first of all, um, you know, that highway that we talked about, mm-hmm. the, that highway of holiness means that that's the kind of people we are. So beyond Sunday, you and I are trying by the grace of God to, to love him to believe him, to obey him, so that we're walking like Christians, walking with God in this world 
while we wait for him to return. So that's one thing that's prominent in this text that can carry us through the week, just our own practical growth in holiness. And then, of course, the other thing is this, at the end of this, you know, just to remember the, the singing, the everlasting joy, the gladness, and, and then, of course, sorrow and sighing, uh, mm-hmm. that's going to flee away. That's, that's really where our hope lies. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be a good time for us, you know. Absolutely. It's going to be great. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Yeah. Bring it on. Um, good. All right. Is that good? Closing word for you. Is that good? Christmas Eve, if you're listening to this before the Christmas Eve service, just a reminder, yeah. 6 o'clock here six. at the church. Okay, 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. Less than an hour or right around the hour or less, less, right? Less than an hour of preaching. I hope. Okay, yeah. yeah. Now, the goal is to be, yeah, right between 6 yeah. and 7 o'clock. That's yeah. the Christmas Eve service Okay, here at the church. And you'll be on vacation. I will not oh, be in town. You'll have a great time. Yep, thank you. Yeah. Um, last year, I don't know how many folks I told, but we were at a Christmas Eve service, and I saw a lady's hair catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, That's exciting. That was exciting. It yeah. was it was pretty exciting. That's all I got to say. I, there was smoke and wow. people patting that lady's hair down. Oh, oh my word! Poor, poor girl. So does you're going to be gone? Does that mean I'm going to be with Austin? Yeah. Oh my. Okay. Yep. All week. Say a prayer for me. Actually, Austin. No, he's going to be here next week. Yeah, I'm out of town. All right. So, I'll see you right before the. I'll be back before New Year's. So okay. I'll see you that next week. Right. And thanks for joining us on the podcast. Should I tell them where to email it? Do you know where? Podcast at cbcmj.com. I knew that one. There we go. All right. Have a Merry Christmas from me. Randy will see you Christmas Eve. We Mm -hmm. love you guys. And keep going. Good time of year. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.